good health today, God. I thank you that you are the healer. I thank you that by your stripes we are healed. I thank you that there's healing in the blood of Jesus. I declare healing right now all over this house. I declare healing over my body right now in the name of Jesus. From the top of our head to the sole of our feet. Father, I thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in this church, in this body, in this ministry, and in this fellowship. Lord, you're taking us somewhere. Somewhere great, God. And Father, I thank you for that, Lord Jesus. And I thank you for the souls that are coming in, God. Lord, I, and I thank you, Lord, for being with us here tonight. Lord, let me communicate what you have tonight, God. Let me communicate your word in a way that is received, Lord. Father, I thank you and I praise you, honor and glorify you, God. Forgive us for all of our sins. We need you, King Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you would, put your hands together and give the Lord a hand. Praise. Amen. <laughs> praise the Lord. I want to talk to you tonight about something that God put on my heart. My topic tonight is grieve not. Somebody say grieve not. Grieve not. And I want to talk to you a little bit about grieving the Holy Spirit for just a moment. And I want us to kind of really grab a hold of this in a way where we can really begin to comprehend it and we can begin to understand it on another level. You know, one thing that we begin to identify as we're looking throughout this scripture that we opened up in here in Isaiah, is that the prophet begins to remind the people of God of the mercies of the Lord. And these mercies are mercies that are undeserved, but that of God that is faithful has performed on behalf of his people. You know, we serve a God of mercy, and each and every one of us has received mercy from God that we did not deserve. Can I get an amen? And these mercies or this kindness flows out of the heart of love that God has for his people. When God releases mercy, when God pours out his kindness, it is showing the character in the heart of God that God loves us in a way like we can never even begin to imagine. Can I get an amen? And we begin to see this throughout these scriptures, amen. This kindness and this mercy, amen, that is shown, amen, based on the love and the affection that is steadfast, amen, from a faithful and loving God. 
You know, we look at this in verse 7. If you'll put that up there on the screen, he says, I shall make mention of the loving kindness of the Lord, the praises of the Lord according to all that the Lord has granted us and the great goodness towards the house of Israel, which he has granted them according to his compassion and according to the abundance of his loving kindness. So we begin to see this, amen, this loving kindness. We begin to see, and I want you to dwell on that for a moment, with some of the things that God has done for you, some of the compassion that he has showed you, some of the mercy that he's poured out upon you that you did not deserve, amen, that you, amen, deserve something different, but God loved you so much, amen. He loved you so much that even in spite of yourself, amen, he began to give you another chance. He began to make another way. He begins to, amen, to open up, amen, an avenue where he could begin to show his loving kindness and his faithfulness, amen, because of his love for you. And in verse 8, Isaiah acknowledges, amen, Israel as his own. He says, they are my people and I am their savior, And then we come to verse 9. He says, in all their affliction, he was afflicted. The Bible says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but he delivereth from them all. Guess what? When you're afflicted, God is afflicted. Hello, somebody. When you're hurting, God is hurting. In all their affliction, there was affliction to him. See, I want you to grab a hold of this today. And then we see a tragedy here in verse 10. But they rebelled and they grieved his Holy Spirit. In spite of everything that he had done for them. In spite of all the mercy... All the loving kindness, all the multiple chances, in spite of him redeeming them, in spite of him saving them, in spite of him calling them, these are my people, these are my children, these are the ones that I love. But they rebelled. Somebody say, God is good. I want to talk to you a little bit about this tonight. And I want to share a quick example with you. There once lived a man who owned a beautiful house. And one day he invited a friend to live with him. And the living conditions were out, they were out of this world, amen. It was awesome. And he provided a spacious guest room, a comfortable bed on which to sleep and a place at his luxurious dining table. And the friend gladly accepted and moved in. But as time went on, the owner of this beautiful house met another friend who fascinated him. 
And the owner kindly invited this second friend to move into his house as well. But in order to make room, the first friend, already taking up residence, had to share the spacious guest room. And after a little while, he was asked to give up his comfortable bed for the stranger. And lastly, to surrender his place at the table. And this change that occurred grieved the first guest enough that he eventually departed from the beautiful house. Now, I want you to look at this because such is the life of many Christians today. How easy is it to crowd the blessed guest of the Holy Spirit away from his deserving prominence place in our lives? In other words, it's easy to prevent him from being all that God has promised. Are y'all with me today? I want us to take a look at this today and I want to jump over into some scripture, but I want us to look at this for just a moment because when we talk about grieving the Holy Spirit, you know, non-Christians can anger God. But Christians actually grieve God. And when we look at the word grieve, we think of it in context of maybe losing a loved one, of hurting, of sadness. I want you to grab a hold of this today, amen, because the only time you can really grieve, amen, in a way that's deeply hurting and saddened, amen, in this way is really if you really are close to somebody and you have deep feelings for somebody and you love somebody dearly. Are y'all with me today, amen? And as a result, you grieve, amen, and you're saddened, amen, over the situation in their life. Can I get an amen? Amen. And the Bible says, amen, that we are capable of grieving the Holy Spirit. And we know when we look at it, amen, the Holy Spirit is not an it, but the Holy Spirit is a he. The Holy Spirit has a mind, has a will, has emotions. The Holy Spirit, amen, has these things, these attributes that make up, amen, a person. Are y'all with me today? It's the person of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's the Spirit of God. It's not just some superior being. Amen. But it is actually a person. Are y'all with me today? And if you you and I are not careful. We can really grieve and sadden and hurt this person because they love us so dearly much with a love, amen, that you wouldn't even imagine. It's kind of like a wife or a husband. If anybody is capable of hurting you, it's those that you dearly love that are close to your heart. And if you understood the heart of God, 
for you. He's a lover of your soul. Are y'all with me today? Somebody say, God is good. And when we hear this word grieve, it comes from the Greek word which denotes a pain or grief that can only be experienced between two people who deeply love each other. You need to let that sink in for a minute. God loves you so much. Not only did he give his son but he gave us his spirit who loves us just as equally as the father. But there's things that can occur in our lives that can create us to hurt the Spirit of God. I know you don't want to hurt people that you love. If you say you love God, and it's not just lip service, then you don't want to hurt God because you love Him. Hopefully you don't want to hurt people that you love. Sometimes we do hurt people that we love. But there comes a point where we got to come to maturity. Where we say, you know what? I don't want to hurt those that I love anymore. I'm tired of hurting those that I love. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of hurting people. And I'm tired of being hurt. See, God has to become real to you. That's why you need to know him personally and intimately. Amen. And you need to have a relationship with him. And you need to love him in that manner. He and the unrivaled love first and foremost in your life. Because when you love him in that way, you're going to be cautious. And you're not going to want to hurt him. Amen. With your actions and with your attitudes and with your speech. Amen. And with your lifestyle. Amen. Because it's going to be more than just, amen, a religion. But it's going to be a relationship relationship with God that you love dearly and foremost in your life and as a result it creates you amen to want to honor him and to want to obey him and to want to please him in your life you should live to please him that should be driving you that should be number one importance not to please self, not to please, amen, people, but to please God. Anything else is out of order. Anything else will create you to make decisions in your life that are counter, amen, to what the will of God is. 
This is the only thing that will keep you and the only thing that will sustain you. Amen. Are y'all with me today? If there's one thing I got right, I fell in love with God. I fell in love with Jesus. Amen. I came to know him personally and intimately. Amen. And I didn't want to hurt him and I didn't want to grieve him and I didn't want to lose him. Amen. And I didn't want amen to walk away from him because he was number one in my life. He was most important in my life. He was first and foremost above anything. Amen. And I as a result, I was cautious about what I do and how I act and what I say. Why? Because I want to walk with him, amen, and talk with him and spend time with him, amen, not just in church, not just on Wednesdays, not just on Sundays, but day to day, moment to moment, minute to minute, second to second. That's what I wanted. I wanted to walk with God. And as a result, I wasn't willing to grieve him. The last thing I wanted to do was hurt the heart of God. I don't want to hurt those that love me and I don't want to hurt those that I love. I always tell him, you have to fall in love with Jesus. Ministry is great. But you got to fall in love with Jesus. Are y'all with me today? It's not just some mysterious spirit, higher being. It's the person, the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, the Trinity. Are y'all with me today? Some of y'all, he's not real to y'all. Some of y'all aren't even aware that he is present. Because you wouldn't be doing and saying what you're doing. And acting how you act. And talking how you talk. I'm going to share with you a few things. Starting with the Old Testament. That grieves the Holy Spirit. If you'll put up there Psalm 78. Starting in verse. Nine. The word of God reads. The sons of Ephraim. Were archers equipped with bows. Yet they turned back in the day of battle. They did not keep the covenant of God and refused to walk in his law. They forgot his deeds and his miracles that he had shown them. I'm going to stop right there for just a second. When we forget what God's done for us. That grieves the Holy Spirit. When you forget where God's brought you from. You know, right here in this scripture, God had freed the Israelites from captivity. He had parted the Red Sea. He had provided bread in the desert. 
He had led the people to a, a, a prosperous land. But the Bible says, according to Psalms 78 and 32, in spite of all that, they kept sinning in their life. In Isaiah 49 and 15, he says, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. The second thing is grumbling grieves the Holy Spirit. Murmuring. Complaining, grumbling. The Bible says in Psalm 78 and 19, they spoke against God. Daily God provided the Israelites with the bread of the angels, amen. But they weren't satisfied and they whined for more, amen. And the Bible says that their complaints made God exceedingly angry. And he said this in Numbers 14 and 27. How long will this wicked community grumble against me? Is God saying that right now? How long is my son or daughter going to sit here and grumble and whine and complain? I'm not satisfied, God. You haven't given me what I want, God. And the time that I want it, God. I can't have it like Burger King, God. Have it my way, God. So I'm going to throw a temper tantrum, God. And I'm going to pout, God. Why haven't you moved, God? Why haven't you opened up a door, God? Why haven't you given me an opportunity, God? Why haven't you blessed me, God? He has blessed you. But your, your murmuring and your complaining is shutting down the hand of God where all the blessings going to stop. You need to repent. It grieves him. You're grieving the Holy Spirit. I, I want to share with you a scripture real quick so you can have clarity on this because... You know, in, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come and leave. Amen. But the, in the New Testament, it's a, it's a little different. I want to share that with you so I can clear that up real quick. If you'll put up there Ephesians chapter 4 in verse 29. He says, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth. But only such a word as is good for edification, according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Next verse. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, 
by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So what I want to clarify right there, amen. If you're saved and you're born again, amen, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. That doesn't mean you grieve the Holy Spirit and all of a sudden you're not saved anymore. But you can grieve the Holy Spirit, amen, and he's going to leave from having intimacy and communion with you and empowering you and enabling you and walking with you. Doesn't mean you've lost your salvation. It doesn't mean you're not saved, amen. But you're not in, in tapping into all the power and all the ability and all the good and all the joy and all this fulfillment that's there, amen. Because why? Because God's presence there, amen. All the things that come with God's presence, amen, which is what we need in order to sustain us, in order to live, in order to make it, in order to be good, in order to be content, amen, is God's presence is with us No you're not losing your salvation but guess what amen the Holy Spirit is not walking with you because you have grieved him and you wonder why you have no power and you wonder why you have no joy you wonder why you have no fulfillment and you're trying to fill, you start filling yourself with things of the world. You're going to fill yourself with something. The Bible says, don't be drunk on wine for its dissipation. But be filled with the Holy Ghost of God. You're going to be filled with something. Don't fill yourself with that wine. Fill yourself with that new wine. With that Holy Ghost wine, with that anointing, amen, with that joy, amen. Come on, somebody, fill yourself with that, with the Spirit of God. That's what you need to be full of. That's what you need to be filled with, amen. Hello, somebody. But if you're not filled with that, you might find yourself filled up with something else. You're going to try to fill yourself with some things. You're going to try to fill yourself with some people. You're going to try to fill yourself, amen, with some other things. You might end up filling yourself with some of that, amen, liquid courage if you're not careful. Amen. You might try to fill yourself up with some sex or something like that. If you don't get your life right, you got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You got to be overflowing. Amen. Filled up. Amen. And God wants to fill you. But some of you are so filled with something else, there's no room to put nothing in it. You can't fill a glass that's already full. You got to empty yourself. You got to empty yourself so he can pour it in. Some of you are so full of everything else. Somebody say, not me. Somebody say God is good. God is good. 
Disobedience grieves the Holy Spirit. It hurts God. The Bible says they didn't keep God's covenant and refused to live by his law. And again and again they put God to test and they vexed the Holy One of Israel, the Bible says. They went from grieving the Holy Spirit to vexing the Spirit. God is good, amen. God is so good. I want us to grab a hold of this today. I want us to be aware of this. Let's go back and look at our scripture in Ephesians for just a moment. Will you put this up there? Go to the verse 29. There's two things that you begin to see here. The Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. The Bible says that there's power of life and death in the tongue. In other words, what you communicate out your mouth has power. To bring life, and it has power to bring death. Right here in verse 29, he says, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification. According to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. See, God is concerned with what is coming out of your mouth. God is concerned with what you're talking about. God is concerned with your language. God is concerned with your gossip. God is concerned with your backbiting. God is concerned with your slander. God is concerned with your coarse joking. God is concerned with your talking of the world. God is concerned, amen, with your filthy mouth. 
God is concerned when you're running down your brother or your sister, amen. Not only are you hurting them, but you're hurting God, amen. You're hurting the heart of God. And as a result, you are grieving the Holy Spirit of God and hindering yourself from walking in fullness, amen, of communion with the power and the anointing and the love of God. Are y'all with me today? And I'm here to tell you, some of us, amen, are talk is not lining up amen with who we are are y'all with me today in other words we profess to be a Christian but our lifestyle in our mouth in our talk amen is contrary and the things that we're letting in our life amen is showing something different are y'all with me today than the faith that we professed when we said yes I'm a child of God yes I'm a born again believer yes amen I am saved and sanctified And as a result, we're grieving and we're quenching the Holy Ghost. And you wonder why your relationship with God is not consistent. It's possible to be consistent. But the, the attribute of God is the Holy Spirit. He is holy. And he wants to dwell around holiness. Go to the next verse. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Next verse. Look at this. Now, these are your attitudes. This is why you got to guard your heart. He says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. You can't let yourself get bitter. God can't flow through you if you've got bitterness. You will shut off the Holy Spirit's activity in your life if you allow bitterness to come into your heart that's why it's so important that we have forgiveness it's so important that we don't allow these things in life to come and penetrate that's why we have to guard our heart for out of it flows amen the wellspring of life amen the issues of life you've got to guard it you can't let yourself get bitter amen you can't allow amen wrath to come in amen hello somebody amen you've got to say give that to God amen hello somebody you've got to let God amen handle all that you've got to just begin amen you can't let anger just begin to come in and take over your life hello somebody if you do you're cutting yourself off and you're grieving the spirit of God from working in your life 
Some of you have been walking around without the Holy Spirit and you don't even know that he's gone. You've gotten okay with it. And then what that means is you're doing this on your own. And God doesn't like that either. That grieves him too. You're trying to do this on your own. He didn't mean for that. You're, you know, you're saying, I don't need you to do this. You do need him to do this. I'm here to tell you. You better get it right. You can run for a minute, but you ain't going to run long. And people like us, we're going to hit a brick wall, amen, and we're going to get knocked smooth out. You're going to wake up somewhere you never thought you were going to wake up. You better get real real quick and quit playing games. I'm here to tell you right now, this thing ain't no game. You'll find yourself somewhere and you'll be like, I don't know how I got here. Amen. Well, maybe it's because you let some of this trash in your heart with bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander and malice and all this stuff that's hindering you. Because see, the Spirit of God is wanting to bring unity in the body of Christ. And these things bring disunity. And God is grieved. He is saddened. He is disgusted. And the only thing that he's going to hear from you is a prayer of repentance. He won't hear nothing else you got to say. That's it. The prayer of repentance. There's sometimes he don't hear no prayer you have except for the prayer of repentance. Why isn't he hearing me? Why can't I feel him? Why is he nowhere around? Why do I not have any power? Why do I not have any joy? You need to repent. The spirit works, does anything to bring unity. And things that bring disunity... Hurt the heart of God. It hurts the heart of God. We're the body of Christ. We're one body. When one body is sick, it affects the whole body. If one part of the body is sick, it affects the whole body. Do you hear me? That's why sometimes when there's a certain part of the body that's infected and they can't get it under control, they have to amputate so it doesn't infect the rest of the body. And of course, that's, that's a last result. Nobody wants to amputate. But if they have to save the whole body, you don't understand. When one part of your body is off, it affects your whole body. Are you all with me today? Go to the next verse, if there is one. Look at this. 
Be kind to one another. The Lord is pleased when you're kind to one another. The Lord is pleased when you show acts of kindness. Tender-hearted. Not hard-hearted. Some of you are hard-hearted. The devil has got you hard-hearted because of your situation, your scenario. You know, that's why they say life is like a millstone. It's, it either grinds you down or it polishes you up, and it all depends on what you're made of. What does is, what is your situation do to you? Does it make your heart hard? Or does it make your heart more like God? Are you bitter? Some of you have gotten bitter. Don't let bitterness come in. You're blaming God or you're blaming the people of God or the house of God. He says, tender-hearted, forgiving each other. You got to forgive. How many times? Seven times 70. If they keep coming back and asking, well, thank you, Jesus, forgive. 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 You got to have an instant forgiver. Some of us are walking around so bound up. There's no room. God is just so grieved. Because we let this stuff into our heart and our life. And we wonder why we don't have any of all the blessings that's promised by God. We wonder why this has become a burden to serve the Lord. He says, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Have you forgot the forgiveness that God gave you? Have you forgot the mercy that God showed you? Have you forgot the chances that God has gave you? Have you forgot where he brought you from? If anybody should never forget, it should be us. I can understand if we're like the, you know, like, like the Pharisees saying, oh, yeah, I'm glad I'm not like him. You must have forgot. I, I mean, everything that I've done in my life and God forgave me and I received that forgiveness. And as a result, that was the freedom. Boom, right there. I was able to forgive myself. I was able to forgive others. Amen. I was able to forgive all this stuff, man. So right there, man, it was just like a, a, a clean slate. Boom. I wasn't beating myself up for what I'd done. Why? Because I truly got a revelation of God's forgiveness. 
My God, look what he's done for me. And I was, that's true freedom. The worship team, whatever you're ready. That's true freedom right there, man. I don't beat myself up for the things I did. Yeah, I wish I wouldn't have done people like that and hurt people and created this mess. But that's what the sinful nature does. That's what the sinner does. Without Jesus, that's what we do. But we got Jesus. Some of you got to fall in love with Jesus again. You got to be aware of his presence. He is omnipresent, saints. He's everywhere. And the only reason why you're blessed and the only reason why you're in your right mind and the only reason why you're healthy, the only reason why you are, amen, is because of him. The only reason why you're sitting here today is because of him. The only reason why I'm able to preach to you is because of him. And I could whine and complain and say, man, I still don't feel good. Man, I still don't have no energy. Man, I still can't think straight. Man, I, this and that. Yeah, and, you know, and, but man, I wake up and I say, God, thank you, Lord, for another day. Thank you, God, for clearing my mind up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this, for not giving up on me. God has a mind, will, and emotions. So we ask ourselves today, we need to ask ourselves every day, every moment, every situation. I'm going to use the acronym, it's called THINK. We got to think first. Think before we talk. Think before we act. Is this going to grieve? Is this going to hurt? The God that I love so much. Dude, that's what's kept me. That, and that's what's so powerful about the training and the guys and the men and women getting the homes. Because you become aware of God's presence because it's a spiritual environment, you know. So you become aware of it. You're sensitive to it. Amen. That's why we pray before we go in the car. We pray here. We do this. We're aware. We're acknowledging him. Amen. It's not just praying right before we eat. We're praying for everything. We're acknowledging him. We're inviting him in. We're letting him be a part. Amen. And, and you're learning that. You're learning to walk with him. And. You're learning that he is there all the time. He is present, and I need to be aware of it. Amen. It's like, you know, he's right here. He's right here. He's right here, and, you know. So I'm not going to act a fool. I'm not going to say something that's going to hurt him. I'm not going to hurt one of his other children that he loves dearly, just like he loves me. Because, I, you know, I, I don't want to. I, I love him. We got to get aware. He's here. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. And he's a person. 
manifest himself in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. He's real. He's more real than the air that you breathe. I mean, some of you, you act one way when certain people are around and you act other ways when they're not. Well, he's always around. He's always around. And he's more important than me or any of these other ministers in here. If you value how you act around us, he's there. Some of you, he's not real to you. You're, you're not even aware of him. You don't even know he's here. If he was, you wouldn't act like that. You wouldn't talk like that. You wouldn't do that. He loves you so much. That's the only way that you could hurt him. You can't hurt somebody that doesn't have any anything in it. You know, that's why the people that are closest to you are the ones that hurt you the most. Some of you have been hurt by people that were close to you. Your fathers, your mothers, your children, your whoever, your wives, your husband. Some stranger flips you off, so what? I mean, some of you might jump on the hood and smash his windshield like the guy did the other day, but you know... For the most part, it's like, whatever, man. Move on, man. Bump it on down. But your wife or your husband sits you up, you're ready to box. <laughs> Amen? Come on, man. This is not a game. God is so real. find yourself with the very God that is saving you and blessing you and prospering you and taking you forward is the very God that you're fighting against and now you've become an enemy of God it's one thing for the devil to be your enemy so one thing for God to have an, for the devil to have something an issue with you but if God has an issue with you, that's when you've got to watch out. Some of us are playing with God. Like they say in the last days, the one thing that will not be there is the fear of the Lord. But the fear of the Lord is all wisdom. Thing is real. You're not going to be able to get away with it. 